Welcome to the Self-Care Sessions Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole, and my friend, I'm on a mission to help you live a lifestyle you love. I believe that self-care is the key to living your best life. When you're taking great care of yourself first, it allows you to live the life you truly desire. Instead of getting overwhelmed and exhausted and losing yourself in the chaos, to-do list, and negative influences. Self-care encourages growth into the best version of yourself. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite soul-soothing beverage and let's do this. Listen, one of my favorite beverages is coffee. But for me, and I'm sure many of you, coffee is even more than just my favorite delicious beverage. It's a ritual. It's greeting the day with a soul-soothing sip of me time. The house is quiet, the lights are dim, there's the first signs of morning sun, and as I listen to the birds chirping while I sip on my cup of joe, life feels so dang good. Maybe for you it's tea instead of coffee, but for many of us, our morning beverages are kind of a big deal. They're more than just a casual drink of something. They're the ritual for how our day begins, right? And for some people, like those struggling with exhaustion, overwhelm, high stress, and burnout, coffee might be something you feel like you need to wake up, to stay awake, to focus, or just to get through your day. As I was creating the content for my free five-day burnout recovery kickstart, I was discussing caffeine and how it impacts stress and sleep and thought it would be helpful to share the information in this episode as well because it's so widely consumed. 90% of people rely on regular caffeine use, often in the form of coffee, which can either be a very nourishing, soul-soothing, and beneficial beverage that supports our health and a positive start to the day, or it can contribute to more negative health parameters by impacting our sleep our hormones, and our toxic load if we aren't mindful or if we misuse it. By the way, if you're feeling burned out and could use a little boost, I've put the information from the five-day kickstart into a free mini course, which I'll link to in the show notes, or you can find on my website as well. But to get this conversation started, I have to back up real quick to episode 14 when we talked about the nervous system and hormone responses that accompany chronic stress and the progression to a state of burnout. We talked about cortisol and what happens when it's chronically elevated. I listed off the myriad of symptoms that accompany chronically elevated cortisol and mentioned how it can interfere with melatonin production at night and thus impact sleep. If you haven't listened to episode 14, and even if you did, I want to give you a super quick primer so you understand this. And stick with me here because I'm going to relate this back to our cup of joe. Cortisol is a hormone that is also referred to as our stress hormone because our body increases its release during times of stress. So if you've ever heard of your fight or flight response, that's your sympathetic nervous system kicking into high gear. And as a result, our bodies release more cortisol. Some people are in that fight or flight stress mode all day, all the time. So their bodies are just cranking out cortisol until eventually their hormone system that this response is part of becomes too dysfunctional to keep up. You've probably gathered that cortisol is a pretty important hormone, but you might be wondering what the heck does this hormone have to do with your coffee? Here's the deal. The caffeine that's in your delicious cup of joe increases cortisol. Caffeine activates that sympathetic fight or flight activity. 
When you're drinking it in the morning, it can be really helpful because sympathetic activity is associated with increased focus and heightened awareness, which we typically could use in the morning when we're doing things like working, studying, and generally just needing to be on our toes. A reminder, the other aspect of the autonomic nervous system that acts opposite that sympathetic activity is the parasympathetic nervous system otherwise referred to as rest and digest mode, and is associated with more chill, relaxed behavior. So a little morning dose of caffeine can be really helpful in feeling alert and focused for your day. A few positives to highlight are that lifelong coffee consumption is associated with preventing cognitive decline and reduced risk of stroke, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease, as well as chronic liver disease and even some types of cancer. These benefits might be due to a high amount of antioxidant compounds that are found in coffee. On the less positive side, a few things that are helpful to know is that coffee is commonly contaminated with pesticides, molds, mycotoxins, and heavy metals. So making sure that you're consuming quality coffee can be really important so that you aren't increasing your body's toxic load. Essentially, you want to look for a source that tests for these contaminants. There are several, but Bulletproof Coffee is a good option and is widely available. And another option, the one that I drink, is called Life Boost Coffee, which I'll link to in the show notes. The other important thing to note, which relates coffee back to our conversation on hormones and nervous system, is that for people who are in a state of chronic high stress and already cranking out high levels of cortisol, this jolt of caffeine is just heightening an already heightened response. Studies actually show that caffeine amplifies the increased blood pressure and heart rate associated with higher levels of self-reported stress, and that it can exaggerate that sympathetic response to stress. So in other words, because of what caffeine does to your hormones, it can amplify your stress response. Not an ideal side effect for those that are already experiencing a heightened stress response, right? Another way coffee, or more specifically caffeine, can impact how you feel relates to blood sugar. Cortisol plays a role in blood sugar management. Increased levels of cortisol actually produce an increase in blood sugar. So when you take a shot of caffeine, cortisol rises, and then so does blood sugar. When blood sugar spikes, there's usually a resulting crash, and when your blood sugar crashes, you typically feel pretty lousy as in you might feel exhausted, irritable, a little shaky, anxious, maybe even mentally foggy. So one way to prevent that blood sugar mayhem and resulting icky feelings that come from that caffeine cortisol punch is to have your morning cup of caffeine with a balanced breakfast, meaning one that contains protein, healthy fats, and fiber, which help balance blood sugar levels. That will help prevent that blood sugar crash that makes you feel terrible. Now, let's talk about sleep. You already know that sleep is the time when your brain and body have the best opportunity to heal and repair. And you know just how important sleep is to your overall well-being because you know the difference in how you feel when you get a good night of sleep versus when you don't. Well, the most restorative part of sleep is referred to as deep sleep or slow wave sleep which is when your body is in full swing of that healing parasympathetic mode, replenishing your energy and supporting both cognitive enhancement as well as cleaning toxins that have built up in the brain over the course of your day. Slow wave sleep is the ultimate energy replenishing activity and it happens mostly in the first half of the night. 
The second part of a night's sleep is devoted more to rapid eye movement or REM sleep, which is associated with dreams, but it's also associated with a bit more sympathetic activity. So I bring this up because it's important to know that the first half of your night of sleep is important to prioritize because that's when you have the best opportunity to tap into your body's most potent healing mechanism, that being slow wave sleep. Let's tie it back to our coffee discussion, specifically in making the case for avoiding afternoon and evening caffeine. Now, I know an afternoon cup of coffee sounds amazing, especially when you're hitting that afternoon energy crash and your eyelids are feeling super heavy, but there are better ways to perk yourself back up. For four tips to avoid the afternoon energy crash, listen to episode seven, which I'll link to below. But in this episode, I want to share why jolting yourself awake with caffeine is way less ideal than the methods I reference in episode seven. The caffeine molecule binds to receptors in your brain that are supposed to be reserved for a molecule called adenosine. Throughout our day, as our cells burn ATP or cellular energy, adenosine molecules are released and bind to receptors in the brain called adenosine receptors. As the day goes on and the number of adenosine receptors that are bound to adenosine increases, something called sleep pressure builds. And by nighttime, when these receptors are saturated with adenosine, you have enough sleep pressure to make you feel sleepy, which tells your brain that it's time to sleep. The caffeine molecule actually looks similar to the adenosine molecule. So when you consume caffeine, those caffeine molecules bind to the adenosine receptors, preventing the adenosine molecules from binding, which prevents that sleep pressure from building and makes your brain think it's time to be awake and alert. Again, in the morning or early part of the day, not a big deal. But as you approach your bedtime, this can be a problem because it's messing with an important signal your brain needs to receive to feel sleepy enough to fall asleep. Caffeine can remain in your system for six hours or more, so that's why it's important to cut it off earlier in the day so that we give our brains adequate time to receive the proper signals from the adenosine molecules binding to their corresponding receptors indicating when it's time to sleep. Dr. Sarah Mednick, whom I referenced in my last episode, is a cognitive neuroscientist and sleep researcher, and she suggests cutting caffeine off at noon to prevent any caffeine-related sleep disturbances. Now, the other part of this cortisol-caffeine conversation that's important to know is that in a healthy person, cortisol is generally released in a rhythm, tightly linked to the body's circadian rhythm, or the body's 24-hour cycle. The body's cortisol rhythm is such that levels are typically lowest during the evening hours when we're going to sleep and highest in the morning while we're waking. This is exactly opposite of melatonin's rhythm. Melatonin, which you probably already know, is another hormone tightly linked to sleep and the body's circadian rhythm. Melatonin production is highest at night during the time when cortisol is lowest. And then as morning approaches, melatonin starts to drop as cortisol starts to rise. So these hormones have an inverse relationship as it relates to our sleep rhythm. I shared earlier how caffeine increases cortisol. And if this increase in cortisol happens too late in the day, it can inhibit melatonin release, having an impact on your sleep. So cutting caffeine off early, as Dr. Mednick suggests, not only prevents caffeine from messing with your sleep pressure via your adenosine receptors, it will also curtail caffeine messing with your delicate cortisol melatonin dance relating to your circadian sleep rhythm. 
So let's talk about how we can make our coffee ritual work for us and not against us. Our goal is twofold. Number one is to reduce the amount of cortisol and adrenaline the body is kicking out and thus avert any resulting sympathetic nervous system activity. Because remember, when someone is dealing with chronic stress, they're already in sympathetic overdrive. And then number two is to maximize our ability to take advantage of slow wave sleep, which happens in the first part of a night's sleep and is the ultimate restorative parasympathetic activity responsible for healing, repair, improving cognitive function, and the list goes on. A good starting point is to just begin by cutting caffeine off in the afternoon and evening so you can at the very least protect your slow wave sleep. Cutting caffeine off in the afternoon will prevent caffeine from messing with your body's built-in sleep signals so that you aren't staring at the ceiling for hours when your head hits the pillow and missing out on that magical restorative slow wave sleep. For those that really struggle with a heightened stress response, it might be worth considering even cutting back on the amount of morning caffeine to minimize the impact caffeine can have on your stress response by how it affects your cortisol and adrenaline and your sympathetic fight or flight activity. And just FYI, when you cut back on caffeine in any capacity, you should always start slow so that you don't get a caffeine withdrawal headache. For some people, it could be as simple as switching to Swiss water decaf for your coffee. Swiss water is just a method used for decaffeinating coffee. They use water to remove the caffeine instead of using solvents. And this method removes 99.9% .9 of the caffeine from your coffee. So if you love your coffee ritual and don't want to give it up, but you can tell that caffeine is impacting your stress response, Switching to a Swiss water decaffeinated coffee might be a good step to see if it improves how you feel. If all you do is one cup of coffee in the morning and you feel fine and you're not dealing with that chronic high stress, one cup might be just fine for you. You might not need to change anything about your caffeine intake. Ultimately though, as with everything relating to our health, knowledge is power and it helps to know when and how something that we consume every day is impacting our physiology and how our body functions. Is it helping, as might be the case with a morning cup of coffee in conjunction with a balanced breakfast to support better focus and attention? Or is it hurting, as can be the case with caffeine too late in the day that messes with our slow wave sleep or with too much caffeine, especially in chronically stressed individuals? As always, I appreciate you being here, my friend. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite listening app. And I'd also be extremely grateful if you would rate and review this podcast so we can reach more people that need a little self-care love and support. I'll look forward to talking with you next time.